Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I want to play for Mike T. It was huge in my contract. Talks is I don't want to play for anybody other than Mike T. Um, I, you guys understand and see in the way that I talk about how much I respect and appreciate him as a coach, as a man, as a leader. And uh, that's my endorsement for him. TJ Watt, talking about his head coach, Mike Tomlin, the only head coach he's ever had the only head coach the Steelers have had since 2007 only the third coach the Steelers have had since 1969 it's a Wednesday edition of PFT live Miles Simmons in today for Chris Sims Miles it's been a while I'm sure it's not eight degrees where you are it's eight degrees here fortunately it's not eight degrees inside the house you would see my breath right now it's nice and toasty but it was the first time in a while I left a little trickle of water on in the kitchen just in case, because I think the low was six. I usually do it around zero. Don't want to take any chances. Pipes bursting, not a good thing to have to deal with. So first time, probably in three or four years, I had to do that. And hopefully I won't have to do it again anytime soon. And good morning. Uh, good morning to you too, Mike. Yeah, it's not something I, I have to deal with out here in Southern California, where I got to let you know, it's also cold for us, man. You know, it's been in the 40s as lows over the course of the week. Right now, I just checked before we went on the air, it's 52 degrees. So we are also suffering here in Southern California, not necessarily as much as you guys out there. But, you know, I just I just want to let you know that it, it's not all sunshine and daisies out here in SoCal too, in the in middle of January. Literally a cold day in hell is what you're experiencing, <laughs> I would say. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. We head, I to know. Las, yeah. head to Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. God, it's True. amazing how fast this goes. Once you get into postseason mode, wild card round, super wild card round, come and gone, divisional round in just a few days, conference championship, then you have the slow week, and at the end of the slow week, Everybody begins to convene on the site of the Super Bowl. That'll be here before we know it. Super Bowl 58 coming in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Unbelievable. And we are rocketing toward that 
trimming of the teams down to two. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about some of the teams that got trimmed out of the playoff field this past weekend, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's the background. And we weren't the only ones to report this. Apparently, Shefty said pretty much the same thing I said Saturday night at halftime of the Browns-Texans game and gave us full credit. Well, never mind that part. But Mike Tomlin had several options entering the offseason. And what was he going to do? He's going to talk to his family and make a decision. Well, decision's already been made to come back for 2024. Told the team's players yesterday he'll be back for 2024. That's just part of it, though. And... Look, it's good news for the Steelers. As you saw at the top of the show, T.J. Watt doesn't want to play for anybody else. Cam Hayward said things like that as well. Here's the question. Is he going to sign an extension? That's the question that made him walk off Monday night after the Steelers lost to the Bills in the wild card round. Are you going to sign an extension? He's got one year left on his contract. The Steelers have never let it get this close. So, he's under contract for one more year. And until it's extended, he's in position to be one of the rarest commodities in all of sports. An NFL head coach who becomes a free agent willingly, voluntarily, and with anticipation that someone else is going to rush to hire him. Miles, and in this case, if Mike Tomlin becomes a free agent, they will be lining up. For an opportunity next year during the coaching hiring cycle to try to get him. Yeah, he's one of those few guys that, you know, you might say people would fire their head coaches in order to have a chance to get. And that is the rarest of rare commodities. I mean, we've seen coaches have their contracts expire before. Right? Jason Garrett comes to mind um, in recent times with the Dallas Cowboys, but you know, that's not usually something that happens. I mean, usually uh, the team will extend the head coach for at least another year. So you're not going into a lame duck season. And I don't know if the Steelers would really want to do that. Obviously, you reported that they want to sign him to an extension. But the fact that Mike Tomlin has this kind of choice right now is really interesting because say that some job comes open next year that has a quarterback, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Would Mike Tomlin really want to go pursue that if, say, the Steelers are in another similar situation going into next year's offseason where you have a gigantic question at quarterback because you don't know what in the world they're going to be able to do. And also you have this kind of instability, right? You still haven't been able to get a playoff win in years and years and years Maybe it is time for a fresh place. You know, maybe your messaging will be better um, received and will resonate more. Not that necessarily it looks like it's not resonating because the Steelers did win three in a row in order to make it to the postseason. So I, it's just a weird kind of situation, Mike, because this doesn't happen usually, especially with somebody who has been with the team as long as Mike Tomlin has. Unique is the word that I used on Saturday night relating to the circumstances Mike Tomlin and the Steelers now face. The Steelers may have effed around and found out by not signing him before the start of the 2023 season because we know one of the Steelers' rules, longstanding rule, no contract discussions with anyone once Mm -hmm. the season begins. 
that might have put them in a little bit of a jam here because now he can see the finish line. And I agree with you. There are teams that if they knew Mike Tomlin was going to be available and they had a reasonable shot at him, would strongly consider firing coaches they otherwise would have been happy with keeping to get Mike Tomlin. And it's quite possible, quite possible, that on a fairly regular basis, teams sniff around as the hiring cycle approaches to see if there's any chance Mike Tomlin would be inclined to make the jump to another team. So when you have the confidence that comes from knowing for 17 years that there are other teams regularly interested in your services and your team allows you to get within 17 regular season games of becoming a free agent, that's a real temptation. The options as we identified them earlier in the week, one, do an extension with the Steelers. Two, step away now and see if someone calls Art Rooney and makes him an offer he won't refuse. Three, step away now, do the Sean Payton sabbatical year, come back next year, see if someone will call Art Rooney and make him an offer he won't refuse, knowing that the alternative is Mike Tomlin's not coming back. Finally, become a free agent after this season. Coach out your contract, honor your commitment, and become a free agent. So, you know, one of the practical realities here, even though Mike Tomlin has said he's coaching the team next year, he's told the players that. What if someone calls Art Rooney anyway? I'm not a fan of the idea of going to a new team that's given up first-round draft pick plus to get me, but that's possible. Everyone knows, even without Mike Tomlin doing anything other than turning to his left and walking away, when the words, you have one year left on your contract, were uttered by Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Everyone knows. Enough has been said. If one of these teams looking for a coach decides to call Art Rooney and says, hey, what would it take to get your guy? Or here's what I'm offering you for your guy. Interesting to see how it plays out. And and I'd, I'd love to know, look, the Steelers want to keep him. That's a given. Why right. didn't they sign him? to a new contract before the 2023 season? That's a big question because I'll get some pushback from people connected to the Steelers, not directly, but kind of like buffers and middlemen. And, you know, they're, oh, they love him. They want him. Why didn't they sign him? Well, well, why why didn't, why didn't, you know, that there's no answer to that question. Why didn't they sign him to a new contract before the 2023 season? If all these things you're trying to tell me are true, you avoid all of this stuff all of this nonsense, all of this noise, if you just sign the guy to a new contract before the start of the most recent season. Yeah, that's true. It is. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, sometimes coaches leak or people connected to coaches, they, they start leaking things during the season, right? Where it's trying to mute all of that sort of talk where like with Bill Belichick, right? Oh, he signed a lucrative extension, um before the 2023 season right so it's not like he was going into a lame duck year happened with jeff fisher when i was working for the rams in 2016 and we were on the buses going to uh, play the patriots at gillette stadium and one of jared goff's first starts and it just somehow comes out that jeff fisher had signed an extension before the season so like these things sometimes happen i'll tell you mike one of the things that i've just been thinking about as this whole Mike Tomlin conversation has come about over the course of the week is when he was asked about the USC stuff 
last year before they ended up hiring Lincoln Riley. And he's in that press conference and he says, never say never, but never. And also added, you know, I have one of the best jobs in all of sport. So that to me is something that just still comes to mind as to what Mike Tomlin's mentality would be. He understands how stable uh, the, the Steelers franchise is, right? When you've only had three head coaches and practically what in your lifetime, let alone mine. So that's something that still comes to mind where it's, look, the Steelers still a really good job, despite the fact that they've not had the postseason success. We still know that they are a successful football program. And there are many, many teams that would love to have had the kinds of records that the Steelers have had since 2016, despite not winning a playoff game in that time. So there are reasons to believe that Mike Tomlin does not really want to leave the Steelers and would not necessarily be inclined to leave the Steelers. But like you said, when you're in a situation like this, where you can get to the end of your contract, maybe that does change the mentality a little bit of the way that you would operate yourself, you know, knowing that maybe there is something else out there for me. Oh, absolutely. And this is one of the dangers of allowing someone whose employment terms are determined by a contract to get close enough to the end that they can envision reality once the contract expires, that the employee can listen a little more intently to the feelers that inevitably trickle back directly, indirectly, back channels, whatever. It's all tampering. It's all prohibited, and it happens all the time. And then you throw in the fact. And I think it's important that the reporting as to Tomlin's future included he's going to huddle with his family. That's something I said. That's something that Shefty said. Mm -hmm. I wonder at times, because I've been in and around Pittsburgh pretty much my whole life. And one of the strange dynamics of the Mike, shut up. One of the strange (laughs) dynamics, I'm trying to, you never know, Miles, you never know if somebody just happened to stumble over this show this morning. Somebody who signed up for Peacock Saturday and didn't cancel it Sunday. That's the most ludicrous thing I heard, by the way. All these people who signed up Saturday and canceled Sunday. Well, the joke's on you because you gave up 29 days of access to a bunch of great stuff. Not this show, but a bunch of great stuff on Peacock. Do you throw a lot of things away? Do you take one bite out of a cake and throw the rest of the cake away? I don't you know, think I don't. so. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's true. No, I throw it away. And then you take another bite. So, 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 um, but that was on me, not Miles. So, thank you. That's a long story. In the event that someone has just tuned into the program for the first time because they were smart enough to enjoy the remainder of their one month of Peacock at only five ninety nine, I wonder how the family members of Mike Tomlin feel about that constant clamoring from a chunk of the fan base. Anytime they lose two games in a row, fire Mike Tomlin. Anytime they 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 don't win a playoff game, fire Mike Tomlin. Fire Mike Tomlin. I know Steelers fans, fire Mike Tomlin. Good, good. I hope he goes. Please, I hope he goes. I'm getting all that. Oh, please tell me when he's going. It's like, are you people nuts? Like, he takes every single year a group of guys who any other coach in the world – 
would not be able to get to 5-12, and 12, and he wills them to a winning record. Could you imagine what he would do somewhere else with better talent? And that speaks to a deeper issue in Pittsburgh that Mike Tomlin does a great job of covering up. The structure they've had in place for the past 17 years possibly isn't yielding the most talented teams that it could. But Mike Tomlin is doing a great job of taking those subpar ingredients and turning them into a team that is consistently not under 500. That is amazing. And I know there are some out there that think, oh, this is a made-up stat and it's meaningless. Do you understand what it means to never have to go into an offseason with a team that's on the wrong side of 500? You're a contender every year. Now, look, there's a point where you have to say, how long is just good enough going to be just good enough? But my point is this, Miles. I wonder if family members of Mike Tomlin are just getting sick of the bull crap that we got to hear this. We got to see this. People go, I mean, Mike Tomlin can act like he doesn't pay attention to anything and the coaches can say they don't have book face or whatever. Listen, family members do. Family members have bigger rabbit ears than the people who are the ones who accept that it goes with the territory, right? If you're in this business, you say things that are, inflammatory or controversial you get dragged i don't care as long as the check clears my wife does so that's the that's what i just i i wonder at what point the family's had enough of this cluster of steelers fans that mobilize anytime the steelers lose two games or more in a row it's funny mike because like look at the rams for instance right sean McVay considered a great coach and i know i'm biased about this too but they go five and twelve last year, right? Do you, so the fact that that's never happened with Mike Tomlin, right? Not even once. They've never once had a bottom out year. Even the year that Ben Roethlisberger's elbow got hurt, like two games into the season, they didn't have a bottom out. Duck year. Hodges, the duck, duck freaking Hodges, who we never heard yeah. from again. <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying he just took mason freaking rudolph and won the last three games of the season to make it to the postseason and then really didn't get blown out going up to buffalo despite all the different circumstances game gets moved and all that look how crappy dallas played at home right that did not happen with the Steelers, despite not playing with tj watts so look i i know And there's a part of me that understands, like, yeah, they've not won a playoff game in a long time. I I do get that. But look at what they're working with, okay? Got Kenny Pickett at quarterback, who's not been very good, okay? He's been serviceable at best. And then you have to replace him with your third stringer, and then still you win games. Like, this, this has to do with coaching, all right? This is partially on the head coach, and that's part of why, if he were available, other teams would be clamoring to have him. And so, yeah, when you talk about all of the noise and all of the stuff that goes with being the Steelers head coach and goes with being Mike Tomlin and having been there for all this time and, you know, that, that part of the fan base that loves to be very, very critical of him, it's like, guys, do you really see reality? Do you understand how good that you have it? Because if you don't, somebody else absolutely will. Fortunately, I think the Roonies understand. I, I, it certainly seems like they do. But then again, like you said, why didn't you sign him to an extension then before the season? I wonder what Art Rooney would accept. I wonder, this is all spitballing, but he's sitting in his office today 
and one of these teams looking for a head coach, or maybe a team that is not yet officially looking for a head coach, calls Art Rooney and says, you know what? I got two first-round picks. I got two second-round picks that I'm willing to give you right now. I'll give you the John Gruden price right now for Mike Tomlin. I wonder if Art Rooney would take it. Would you? Well, I would want to have a heart-to-heart conversation with Mike Tomlin about whether or not he wants to accept my offer that I have yet to make on an extension. I would want to know that now. And I guess I would welcome that phone call because it would allow me to go straight to Tomlin and say, this is our moment to either renew our vows or part ways. And if you aren't going to sign a contract to stay here, here's my offer. Here it is. If you don't want this, then, and you're just going to walk away after the season, then I'm going to take two ones and two twos and go hire Mike Vrabel. So, yeah, I would say yes if I make my offer to Mike Tomlin and he says no. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it forces the issue, right? Deadlines spur action. So, I mean, basically, you, you want to go on the ultimatum and say, like, hey, this is the situation. Either you accept it or you don't. And so if you don't, we're going to move on. I, 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 I think that what you're presenting makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. And what will happen is those things would occur and we'll only find out when it's close to being done or actually done, especially because the formal machinations have to play out before any of the stuff that we don't know about behind the curtain can be revealed to the world. One thing that was revealed to the world last night, unexpectedly, a rare moment, because several nights a week, my wife and I will sit down to watch something somewhere on one of the various streaming services that we currently pay more than $5.99 a month for, which makes Peacock one hell of a deal. But I looked at my phone, I saw the, the post on X, and I said, can I just have like 10 minutes and I'll be right back? I had to go mobilize because the Falcons announced without warning, without even any leak, without any reporting, without any belief or expectation, Falcons interested in Jim Harbaugh. That was a team that was not on the Jim Harbaugh bingo card. The Falcons announced that they had interviewed Jim Harbaugh for their head coaching vacancy one day after the Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick. Now, we knew there was interest. We didn't know the interview was coming. And now they've interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh interviewed with the Chargers on Monday and the Falcons on Tuesday. It is a weird sort of transparency from the Falcons. They aren't saying a word to anyone before the interview happens. And then once the interview is done, they tell it to the world. They shout it from the rooftops. Hey, we did this interview. So they've done like seven interviews now, but the past two days, they're swinging for the fences with Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. And if you're going to go there, go Mike Vrabel. And go Pete Carroll, too, for crying out loud. I mean, if you're going to interview one 72-year-old coach who apparently wants to keep coaching, why aren't you going to at least talk to Pete Carroll, who is a lot more spry. Grandma, are you spry? A lot more spry than Bill Belichick. I have absolutely no idea what you just referenced, but I I would also say that he's also been more successful. Whoa, 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 time out, time out. You told me you watched Bad Santa. You told me you watched Bad Santa. Did you oh, not watch Bad Santa? If you, I did. No, I if did. If you, if you watch Bad just, Santa, you know, Grandma, are you spry? Yes. Grandma, I, I, are you I, spry? I recognize right. it. I recognize it now. The little kid said right. yes to the grandma who's just like yeah. sitting You're in the so chair. wired. 
You yeah. are so wired to have no idea what reference I'm making that that's just I am. your default. You don't even think. It is. Maybe I have heard this before. It's Pavlovian, man, because it's usually just Seinfeld or like Back to the Future and just other stuff I just have not watched. So, yeah, sorry, I wasn't thinking about the good Christmas movie you actually recommended. And then, you know, I actually sat down and watched on your recommendation. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. See, I even gave you a compliment there. With your mother. With your mother. I I, that (laughs) just I mean, not that bad Santa's over the top, but at times it is. (laughs) At times it is. So I don't know. I don't know how it would have gone back in like, you know, nineteen ninety, sitting down and watching Bad Santa with my mom, but uh but I'm glad you enjoyed it. See, you should take more of my recommendations. If you take one of them and you enjoy the outcome, maybe you shouldn't fight so hard when I give you recommendations regarding great movies and TV shows you've missed over the years. Anyway, you were making a point. I'm sorry. I was trying to. You're right. I was making the point. Spry. 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 Pete Carroll. Add Pete Carroll to the interview list. Add add Mike Vrabel, who's definitely spry, to the interview list. And and who knows where this is going to end for the Falcons. If you would let me talk and make my point, boy, I would have said mostly those things. Go ahead. Because, well, ahead. yeah, I mean, look, Pete Carroll is not only spry, he's also been more successful than Bill Belichick since, like, 2018, 2019, right? They won the Super Bowl, obviously, the Patriots did in 2018. But since 2019, you look at Pete Carroll and what they've done, they've been more consistent. Now, they are another team that has not necessarily been able to get over the hump. But, again, like, they're finishing 9-8. and eight. You know, you're taking Geno Smith, you're making him a viable NFL quarterback, great NFL starter who led the league in completion percentage last year. So these are things where if I am Pete Carroll, it's kind of like, and I want to still coach, it's kind of like, yeah, I take interviews. You know, if you're the Falcons and you're going to interview Belichick, yeah, go interview Pete Carroll. I think the Chargers should also reach out to Pete Carroll. Obviously, he's very familiar being here in Los Angeles. So I would think that those things could also be on the Falcons radar, but it it was interesting to see that Harbaugh was on the Falcons list. And Mike also, you know, a lot of times with college coaches, you don't hear that they have gone and interviewed formally, right? You know, we, we get the hush hush stuff like, Oh yeah. Like they did go talk to him, but it's this and it's that Uh, it's funny that with Harbaugh, there's none of the hush hush. It's like, yeah, he's out there. He wants a new NFL job. And there's no, there's no sense in kind of covering that up. Like we all know what the situation is. He hired Don Yee as his agent. Like, let's, let's go. I, I find that funny. Well, and two years ago, he packed up and went to Minnesota to interview for the Vikings job. Like the day before the formal letter of intent signing. Didn't yeah. care. It used to be that it was a big secret because you didn't want that used against you in recruiting. You always mm-hmm. wanted to be able to say to your recruits, whether it was true or not, I'm here for the next four or five years. Period. End of statement. You don't have to worry about me leaving. Once you start flirting with the NFL, that's the kiss of death when the other coaches say, I'm not going anywhere, but. This other guy who's trying to get you has been flirting with the NFL, and it's just a matter of time before he leaves. I remember when Dennis Erickson became the coach of the 49ers out of the blue. Remember that? 20 years or so ago, back when you were in, what, fourth grade? Out of the blue. No one had any idea Dennis Erickson was making the jump from whatever college program he was coaching to the 49ers. It was like, what the hell? And that's how it used to be. You didn't even know the guy was remotely interested until the paperwork was signed. Around any corner, 
Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter TrueGreen, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. TrueGreen is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let TrueGreen do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, um, the pink slip could be signed later today in Philadelphia for Nick Sirianni. It's amazing how quickly this has become a thing. As Chris and I said yesterday, though, it's not unprecedented. John Fox was fired by the Denver Broncos after four straight playoff appearances in four years on the job, one season after a Super Bowl appearance, a loss in the divisional round, John Fox out because John Elway, then the GM of the Broncos, wasn't happy that the team wasn't going out kicking and screaming. The Eagles sure as hell didn't go out kicking and screaming this year. They slipped into a one and six funk. Nick Sirianni couldn't get him out of it. They asked him after the game, what are you going to do to make it better? I have confidence I will. I don't know that that's the kind of plan that's going to placate the owner later today when, according to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Sirianni sits down both with owner Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman for a routine meeting under anything but routine circumstances. And as McLean points out, it was that same end-of-season meeting with Doug Peterson that went sideways three years ago because Peterson had some ideas for new coordinators. Jeffrey Lurie didn't like them. Impasse happens, and yada, 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 time for a new coach in Philadelphia. So all we got to consider is that And I still can't figure out the ingredients of this cocktail of expressions that Jeffrey Lurie had. It wasn't just one. It was like five different faces in one that came into this mask that told you this guy's not happy. He's shocked. He's stunned. He's mad. He's everything but a guy who looks inclined to embrace the coach who's responsible for what he witnessed in Tampa on Monday Night Miles. Uh, and it's not just what he witnessed in Tampa. I mean, it, it goes back to those weeks that you just referenced. I mean, going into a one and six funk after you started out the season 10 and one, and you know, you got Nick Sirianni being all cocky, going up the tunnel in Kansas City and all those things. I was like, man, what happened here? Why is it that, you know, you had a team that went to the Super Bowl, yes, lost both coordinators 
And also, I think we understand Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, they're good coaches, right? You know, the way Shane Steichen had the Colts rolling there with Gardner Minshew almost make it to the postseason. The Cardinals, they did some really good things. Carter went up to Philadelphia, beat the Eagles. So those guys are really good coaches, and it's hard to replace really good coaches. But the fact that Nick Sirianni is the head man here, and put Sean Desai in charge of the defense, then decided midway through the season, eh, that's not good. You know who we're going to replace him with? Matt freaking Patricia. Ooh, baby. And you know, puts Brian Johnson in charge of the offense and says over the course of the year, yeah, but it's my offense. So, you know, if things aren't working, it's mostly on me. But Brian Johnson, the play caller, there are some weird things going on in Philadelphia. And I don't know if it's that Sirianni has lost the locker room. It's that the coaches just aren't good enough. I don't know, but that face that Lurie was making it. And then there was a video of him walking toward the locker room after it just, it did not uh, strike me as somebody who is confident that he has the right head coach in place to then make the necessary changes that are going to make this team successful in 2024. They were the more talented team in Super Bowl 57 and they should have won and they didn't. And one of the reasons they didn't won, frankly, is because, Nick Sirianni, a couple opportunities to do what we'd seen him do, fourth and short, go for it, fourth and short, go for it, got a little too conservative, opened the door for the Chiefs to come back and take that game. And then this year, 10-1. and one. And look, either it's as simple as they get blown out at home by the 49ers and they realize it's not their year and they give into that and the coaching staff never coaches them out of that funk, or there's some ugly, nasty stuff that happened behind the scenes that we don't know about yet and might never know about that caused infighting and acrimony and, at the end of the day, six losses in seven games as the Eagles just disintegrated down the stretch. And who knows? And maybe there'll be ten different versions of whatever happened that caused this team in the city of brotherly love to basically create the vibe that there's a lot of hate in that locker room or at a minimum apathy, whatever it was though. And this is the bottom line. This is why if I'm Jeff Lurie, I want to hear what Nick Sirianni's plan is. And he better not go in there and say, I'm confident it'll get better. Confidence doesn't mean Jack squat in this setting. That was the weirdest answer of his press conference the other night. What are you going to do to make the – why are you so confident it's going to get better? Because I'm confident. Because I'm confident. I'm confident. I've reached the height of my profession. Well, so has every other coach in the NFL, and they're getting fired left and right. You better have more than than just I'm confident when you're sitting down with the boss and the boss's boss trying to figure out what you're going to do to successfully accomplish next season what you failed on the fly as it was happening to make happen now. You couldn't fix it. It's up to you as the head coach to diagnose the problem and fix it. The team is crumbling, and you, you're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Just try harder and just be confident. you got to have more than that. He better have a damn good plan for fixing this. And if Brian Johnson and Sean Desai were his hand-picked replacements, and we know about the whole Jonathan Gannon thing, I mean, in some respects, you can pin all of this back to Jonathan Gannon, knowing he was interviewing with the Cardinals, believing he was getting the job, and not saying a damn word to anybody so they could plan for it appropriately. And I know the Eagles are very reticent to get into the details, and they don't want to point fingers. And 
this all goes back to them getting caught flat-footed and not being able to keep Vic Fangio on the payroll, make him from consultant to defensive coordinator. That's what they wanted to do, and it was too late. He took the job with Miami by the time that they could come back around and say, hey, guess what? Gannon's leaving, and he didn't tell us. Now, that doesn't fix things on offense, but hard to believe the defense would have been as bad as it was this year if they had found a way to keep Vic Fangio. Uh, well, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, and, you know, I, the, the Dolphins defense had injuries and all this different kind of stuff, which is part of why they have not been as good as you might think that they would have been um, toward the end of the year. But yeah, look, I, there was a moment, though, Mike, uh, on Monday night, you should talk about, you know, players locker room and all this stuff where Dallas Goddard went up to uh, Jalen Hurts on the bench. And you know, I kind of gestured at him. And obviously, I don't know what was said, but it wasn't the only moment that we've seen something like that happen with a player on offense, a skill player on offense, and Jalen Hurts. All right. And I don't know what's going on there, but I'll tell you what, that moment, like it reminded me of this old clip of Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday, where Jeff Saturday was, you know, criticizing some stuff that had gone on during a play. And Peyton Manning, he gets up and he goes over there and screams at him. And he says, hey, man, if I tell you to block, you need to block. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't know if that's the kind of thing that's missing from Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia Eagles and that offense where sometimes the quarterbacks just got to start going off on people in order to properly motivate them. And that might not be Jalen Hurts' style. And I'm not saying that he should be somebody he's not. But it's hard for me to think of a time where you get a really, truly great quarterback, right? And you got skilled players gesturing at them on the sideline, and they don't really react to that. And Jalen Hurts, I know he's stoic, and it's part of what made him great last year and all that. But, like, man, you're the quarterback. You you can't have – Guy's clowning you on the sideline like that, man. It's it just, everything feels weird and off. And I don't know why that is, but at a certain point, yeah, you got to look at the head coach and say, man, you, you've lost control of this thing. And how are you going to get it back? And if you don't have a good plan for it, man, then maybe we need to move on. You know, one last thing to consider, and this just occurred to me, the meeting with Roseman and Lurie is going to happen at the end of the day after exit interviews with players meetings with coaches, Sirianni might feel like he's been kicked around and beat up by the time he even sits down with Laurie and Roseman as he's going through these player exit interviews. And if people have things to say and they say it and you're hearing that, I mean, that just takes a toll on you mentally, emotionally, and at some point physically where you just feel like you've been, you know, you just been rolled around and just, Oh God, I just want to go home and go to bed. So He may not be in the mood, the right state of mind, to say what needs to be said by the time the end of the day comes and he meets with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. But, you know, we've been generally watching Dallas. We need to specifically be watching Philadelphia today because this is the day it could all blow up. And remember, Bill Belichick kind of hovers over everything, especially this idea that the Cowboys could decide to try to upgrade from Mike McCarthy to Bill Belichick. It's been three days now since the Cowboys were embarrassed at home by the Green Bay Packers. And one of the realities of the Cowboys experience is every week we hear twice from Jerry Jones during the season on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the team's flagship radio station. Steven is on as well. This week it was announced on Monday, no appearances from Steven or Jerry. And 
technically the contract ends when the season ends, but usually they come on afterward to talk about the aftermath of the season. And it's not like they're doing victory laps. They haven't been to the NFC Championship game since 1995, but they still come on and talk about it. This year, they're not doing it. And, I mean, surely they're figuring out what the hell they're going to do with the head coach they have and which head coach or coaches they would target. This is where there's a huge conflict in the way the NFL works. They want the team to engage in appropriate searches. But a lot of these owners figure out before they even pull the pin on the guy they have who they're going to hire next. It's already known. It's already understood. The agreement may not be in writing, but they already know. Just like when Mark Davis lined up John Gruden before he fired Jack Del Rio, that happens with regularity in the NFL. And I don't think Jerry Jones is going to move on from Mike McCarthy unless he knows he's going to get either his first or maybe second choice to come in and take over. And he should. I mean, it's not like the Cowboys is an undesirable job unless you just absolutely don't want to work for the Joneses. But, I mean, you know, you look at what Bill Parcells has said about working for that team, and, you know, I don't don't think that – anybody would just be completely inclined to say, no, I don't want to work for Dallas. Like that. I don't see that that would happen. So when you have a a team that's got talent on both sides of the ball, right? I mean, Michael Parsons, obviously one of the elite talents of the sport. CD lamb has shown that he can be elite as well. I mean, there are all kinds of things that would make you say, yeah, I want to be here in Dallas and I want to be able to coach this team to the next level. You know, they've won 12 games the last few years. So This is a team that would be certainly a desirable job, in my opinion, if it were to come open. But yeah, I don't think Jerry Jones is just going to go out there and, you know, go out on a limb for no reason. You know, it's not, again, it's not like the Cowboys have not been successful in the regular season. It's just been when it comes to the postseason, they pee down their leg. And that was no more uh, apparent than when they played the Packers over the weekend. And I still wonder from time to time whether all that talk and bluster from Jones about winning another championship is genuine or whether it's kind of just he's being a carnival barker to act like he really cares so that the fans will really care. Because if the fan in chief doesn't really care and isn't extremely passionate about it, how do you expect the average fan to show up, spend a lot of money, put their heart and soul into it, carve out three hours of their time every weekend to watch the team play. If you don't come off as a guy who is tormented, and that's the thing that Chris and I have talked about this, Miles, and I can't recall whether or not you you and I have, but like when Jerry Jones' season goes down in flames like it did on Sunday, you know what he does? He goes and gets on his $500 million yacht, and he drowns his sorrows in a lap of luxury. So they've won. Every owner of every team has already won. They are making, I mean, most businesses are judged by how much money you make. They all win the Super Bowl every year. But, and I think Chris's point in the past has been, they're still tormented by the fact that they're trying to compete with the other billionaires. That among the billionaires, one of them wants to stand out. Look at David Tepper. He's so tormented he threw a drink on somebody for crying out loud. So I just wonder at times with Jerry Jones whether it's an act partially or wholly or whether he truly is because it's sad to think a guy in his 80s is tormented on a regular basis 
by like you should be at a point where you can enjoy your accomplishments. There's a point where you've got more than enough and you just kick back and enjoy life. Read a book, watch Bad Santa, watch Seinfeld, hang out in your luxury yacht, drink Johnny Walker Blue all day long. There it is. So, well, I mean, drink responsibly. But anyway, um, that's where the Cowboys are. Now, interesting note, and this comes from the folks at DraftKings, because, you know, odds are available on anything and everything, including where coaches are going to end up. Bill Belichick's odds for being the Falcons coach went from just plus 150 to plus 125 after the interview. It wasn't some overwhelming slip into negative territory. The odds for any other team changed dramatically from 8 to 1 to plus 125. So this is in keeping with the point I made the last weekend of the regular season. Everybody's caught up on Belichick going to one of the non-playoff teams. we got to wait and see what happens after the first round of the playoffs because that's going to introduce options that Belichick currently doesn't have that are going to be more attractive. It's going to be more attractive to go coach a team that was good enough to get to the playoffs than to coach a team that didn't get to the playoffs. So I'm not surprised the odds have shifted, whether it's Dallas, whether it's Philly, both jobs currently occupied, whether it's somebody else. But I'd say right now, between Dallas, Philly, and Atlanta, I would put Atlanta as third, even though Atlanta is the only one that currently has a vacancy. Well, yeah, I mean, Atlanta is the least attractive option because it's got the most questions at quarterback. And despite the fact that, you know, Drake London is there, Bijan Robinson is there, Kyle Pitts is there, and you could be forgiven if you didn't quite realize that based on the way Arthur Smith used them over the course of the season. Like, there's still such a big quarterback question that it's kind of like, man, I don't know. And frankly, I don't know if we want Bill Belichick picking our quarterback at this point because it's not 2000 and Tom Brady's not in the draft. So there are a lot of things that make Dallas and Philly more attractive should those coaching destinations become open. But also, Mike, like just based on the sheer number of coach turnover this year, right? We've already had eight jobs open, one obviously filled by Drob Mayo, and then two more ostensibly could become open over the coming days. Like that's a lot of places that need a head coach. And if somebody needs a head coach and Bill Belichick is available, like, it stands to reason that unless Bill Belichick just doesn't feel comfortable taking one of these jobs, he's going to end up with a job just by numbers, right? I mean, who else is going to coach some of these teams? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the way Philly and Dallas in this week. The fact that he interviewed for a job four days after his press conference with Robert Kraft tells us that he's not stopping. It's just a question of the right thing. Oh, yeah. And is it going to yeah. be pursuit of – a Super Bowl quickly? Is it going to be Arthur Blank reacting like Jimmy Haslam did when he thought he wasn't going to get Deshaun Watson and offering way too much to Bill Belichick and you know full control of the football operations, even though we're so concerned about putting guardrails on Belichick? If Blank knows that's what it takes to get him away from Dallas or Philly or somewhere else, I'll give you the keys. I'll fire Rich McKay. I'll fire Terry Fontenot. I'll pay you $40 million a year or whatever. We never know what the full amount is because there's the official amount that no one knows. And then there's the extra that they get through other companies that no one definitely knows. And it's all about keeping the coaching market down. Like We, wanna, mm-hmm. we don't want anyone to know how much the most rich coaches are making because then the other coaches are going to want more. Um, I still say, too, if I'm Bill Belichick, I want to wait and see 
how far the Chiefs go. And I want to wait and see whether or not, in the aftermath of the end of the Chiefs season, Andy Reid retires. Not saying he will, but I would want to see if I'm Bill Belichick because only one team has Patrick Mahomes. So you can look at Cowboys, you can look at the Eagles, good teams, ready to go, let's go. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. And if Andy Reid would walk away, if I'm Bill Belichick, that's the spot where I would want to go. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I welcome it. I'm trying to beat Tom Brady. Well, if I can join forces with the coach who, with Tom Brady, won six Super Bowls, I'll do it. Let's go. So, again, not saying Andy Reid is going to retire. Let's just see what happens. Season could be over as soon as Sunday night for the Kansas City Chiefs. The odds makers say it will be. Maybe by next Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. There's another wrinkle in all of this. And from Belichick's standpoint, another reason to just wait and see how it plays out, Miles. It is, but man, I, and I, I agree with you from the Mahomes standpoint, from the Belichick standpoint, from, but from the Chiefs standpoint of what is your program, I don't know that that's a great fit for what they would need going forward. I just, uh, it, it would... It would change things in such a way that would be so dramatic, especially considering the success that they've had. I, I don't, I, I don't know about that, man. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I just think that Mahomes is so determined to get on the Tom Brady path that he totally would crave the opportunity to be coached the same way Tom Brady was. Because let's face it, Patrick Mahomes. More than slightly more talented than Tom Brady, physically. Oh. Can do things okay. Tom Brady could never dream of doing. Yes. Right? Fair to say? Yes. No, I, okay. I, yes, that is so absolutely you, fair to you, say. Yeah. Greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. You, you, you couple that with the brain power that positioned Tom Brady to do the things he did. And at some point, Brady had to actually do them. I mean, there, there was a, a calm, a cool, an understanding of defenses – ability to make quick decisions but that's and that's one of the things Patrick Mahomes has said he wants to get to the point where Brady was where you walk up to the line of scrimmage you process you get the ball you process you know exactly what to do so you don't have to run around and and do the, the crazy shortstop throws you just throw from the pocket I know you know isn't life easier I mean yeah he can do all that other stuff that we love to see isn't life easier if you just get the ball you you look you look and you throw and that's where he wants to get. And if he could pair up with Belichick and Belichick brings McDaniels and I, all I'm saying is if I'm Belichick, I'd like to wait and see what's going to happen in Kansas city before I commit to anything else. I, I know. And I, and I get that, but I just, I think based on the way that Belichick runs his program in the building versus based on the way Andy Reed runs his program in the building, I think that, despite the fact that, you know, getting coached in such a way that would be really good, la, la, la. Like, there's something to that. I, I, I agree with you. But I think that oh. in totality of culture, like, that is in, in a very, very, very dramatic shift from one end of the spectrum to another end of the spectrum when it goes from Bill Belichick, er, from Andy Reid to Bill Belichick. I, like, that to me is where in the building as a whole, you would have to really think about, do we want to do that? And do we want to bring in Josh McDaniels well, to coach Patrick Mahomes? Like, I, I don't know. I, 
the the key will be Mahomes being all in with it and Mahomes gathering his players before the first meeting with Bill Belichick and saying, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. If we want to be great, this is how we achieve great. And then they go into the first meeting and Belichick proceeds to rip Patrick Mahomes a new one like he used to do in front of the whole room with Tom Brady. So be careful what you wish for, I guess. And I'm not saying that he would. And again, I'm sure the wish is Andy Reid sticks around indefinitely. But let's just see. Let's just see. If I'm Belichick, let's just see. It's more information that informs my ultimate decision as to what my future is going to be. Let's take a break. We know what the future is. Seattle, Pete Carroll's out. John Schneider now takes over. Oh, before I do that, oh, you know, I got a bad habit of doing this. Before we tease the next segment, I need to say this. Even though I've forgotten, you should not forget that on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLive when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours, and please wager responsibly. And when we return, we will hear from the new head of football operations in Seattle. General Manager John Schneider meets with the media. That's next year on PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 